So, are y'all ready for the word? I said, are y'all ready for the word? If you don't mind, can you stand for the reading of God's word? I'm going to be reading out of Numbers 14. Numbers 14. If you do not have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen. If your Bible glows, make sure it's, you know, nice and charged. Numbers 14. And uh, we're going to dive in. Verse 20 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, in answer to your prayer, I do forgive them. But surely as I live and my power has no limit, I swear that not one of these Israelites will enter the land I promised to give their ancestors. These people have seen my power in Egypt. They've seen it in the desert, but they will never see Canaan. They have disobeyed and tested me too many times. Sounds like a mad dad at this point. But my servant Caleb isn't like the others. So because he has faith in me, I will allow him to cross into Canaan and his descendants will settle there. I'm going to read one more verse, that verse 24, but I'm going to read it in the NIV. And it says this, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit, somebody say different spirit, and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. For my note takers, I want to talk from this topic. I am different, different. I am different, different. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the people in this room. Father, I pray that we walk away with that different spirit that you talked about that's in Caleb. And Father, I'm praying specifically over these next few moments that we share together, that your word become the most attentive thing to their hearts and that lives be changed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. You can go ahead and head to your seat, grab your seat. So I want to bless you today. I want to increase your faith today. I believe church should be enjoyed, not endured. So today I want to tell you, I want to put you on notice. I want to inform some and remind others, you're not normal. You are not normal. In fact, I want you to do me a favor. Look at your neighbor, look at your favorite neighbor and say, you ain't normal. I say aren't, you ain't, you ain't normal. You ain't normal. Matter of fact, look at your other neighbor and be like, I don't know why you're laughing. You shouldn't be laughing. You definitely are not normal. You, my friend, are weird. <laughs> You're not normal. And you may be sitting here thinking, well, Pastor Will, this is my first Sunday, and that's a very encouraging word. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you think so because it should be. This is not an insult. This is actually a compliment to you. How so? You should actually write this down because there's nothing wrong with being different because we're not called to be normal. There's nothing wrong with being different. We're not called to be normal. We're not called to fit into culture. We're not called to accommodate culture. We're called to change it. And there's nothing wrong with being different. In fact, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6 says, The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. This was a word from God given to King Saul through the prophet Samuel in the Old Testament when he was anointed king of Israel. And this promise sounds very similar to the promise of the Holy Spirit in Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Chapter 2, verse 17 through 18, when the last days come, I will give my spirit to everyone. Somebody say everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will give my, spirits to, my spirit to my servants, both men and women, and they will prophesy. And if you jump down to verse 39, it says the promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far from God. There's nothing wrong with being different because we're not called to be normal. Caleb had a different spirit, and what makes us different is the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I'm different. How? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't make us better than anyone else. He makes us better than ourselves. He doesn't make us better versions of anyone else. He makes you the best version of yourself. 
How does he do that? Because first I want you to know that this is not a declaration of distinction, of just distinction. This is not just a declaration of superiority. You should write this down. I am not better than, I am simply different from. I'm not better than anybody. I'm just different from everybody. What does that mean? Do not be afraid of being different. Be afraid of fitting in. Be afraid of being the same as everyone else. As believers, we should be so different that people can clearly see us amongst the crowd. I can remember as a child, my family saying this to me, and don't, don't get sad because it actually turned into a compliment. I can remember at Easter one year, I was nine or 10 years old, and I can remember my family saying to me, you're not like us. You're different than us. You don't act like us. You really don't look like us. You're too light-skinned. Like, it was just, you're different. And what I thought was a great insult turned out to be my greatest blessing because I realized early on that I don't want to be like anyone else in the first place, that I am different. And I want to tell you, I want to declare to you this morning, I want to prophesy over you this morning that we love different. We live different. We lead different. We are distinct in our character and our nature. Why? Because you are not normal. You are different. You are an exception, an anomaly, a deviation, an irregularity, a special case, an isolated example, an oddity. You are an original. To be you is unique. You're different. There's no one else like you in all the earth. In fact, God thought so much of you that he didn't create anyone else like you. Somebody say, I'm different. To be like someone else, to copy someone else is actually an insult to our creator. It's an insult to our God. Next thing you need to write down, we are called to become more like Jesus and unlike anyone else he created. We are called to become more like Jesus and unlike anyone else he created. We are to be more like him and less like them. Why? God has not called us to normal, average, ordinary, or basic. And the scriptures are clear that we are made in the image and likeness of God who himself is not normal. What does that mean, Pastor Will? That you are in the world, but you're not of the world. You may be around culture, but you're not a part of culture. You and I are different. We have a different spirit. It's called the Holy Spirit. God has called us to be different. Just think about this. He's the creator of everything, including language. He created everything. And there are a number of words we could use to describe God, but normal is not one of them. In fact, of all the words he could choose to describe his people, normal isn't one of them. So not only is the word normal not associated with God, there isn't even a word synonymous with the word normal to describe you and I. Words like salt, light, royal, chosen, called, elected, selected, anointed, beloved, peculiar, special. Of all those words that God uses to describe believers, I don't see normal in that list. So the next time someone comes up to you and they say, they say to you, man, you're different, you should say, thank you, I'm in good company. The next time somebody comes up to you and they say, man, you, you're really not like us, you should, you should say, I take that as a compliment because I get it. I'm just like my daddy. I'm just like my father. I am not normal. I am, somebody say, different. And if you think you have to be normal for God to use you, if you think you have to be basic for God to use you, if you think you have to be ordinary for God to use you, let me just bust that bubble and crack that glass ceiling over your life. God isn't looking for normal. God is looking for different. Because we are called to become more like Jesus and unlike anyone else he created. If God wanted all of us to be the same, we would be the same. If God wanted all of us to be Pastor Mark, we would have been Pastor Mark. If God wanted all of us to be bald, we would have been Pastor Mark. So, <laughs> somebody say I'm different. God is looking for people who would say, I know what I used to be, 
but I'm different. God is looking for people who would say, I used to have bad thoughts, but I'm different. God is looking for people who used to say, I used to say the bad th- some bad things, but I'm different. God is looking for some people that say, I used to come to church, but I'm different. I'm just kidding. I just want to see what y'all are going to say. Y'all, make sure y'all are engaged. The reason we need to be different, the reason God has called us to be different, is because we are to be more like Jesus and unlike anyone else he has created. And we're not just called out, but God is calling us up. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 12 says this in the message translation. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him. Here's the part I want you to focus on, to tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to, to accepted. Friends, this world is not your home, so don't get, don't get cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life in your neighborhood so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and they'll join in the celebration when he arrives. Somebody say, I'm different. We're set apart because how are we going to change the world if we look like it? How, how are you going to fit in when you're called to stand out? There's something different about us because next, to be different is normal for believers. To be different is normal for believers. What does this mean? The supernatural is natural to us. The abnormal is normal to us because normal is not optional for believers. If you don't believe this, then you really should just read your Bible. There's nothing normal about our faith. What we believe is phenomenal. What we believe is exceptional. It's extraordinary, especially in our scientific and rational world. We have to prove everything, stick it in a test tube, microwave it, pass a law, put it in a mathematical equation for it to even make sense. But what we believe is different. Matter of fact, listen to this. You and I believe in a God that died 2,000 years ago. He died. Now, just to be clear, I wasn't there and neither were you. If you were there, you old, old. Like, you, <laughs> you're different. But none of us were there, and we believe in that. And our entire eternity leans on the impossibility in the natural. We believe a virgin got pregnant by God, gave birth to God as a man. We believe that man lived a sinless life. We believe that man died for all humanity. And we pray to and believe that that God not only hears us, but he answers us. There is nothing normal about what we believe. And if we believe in that, then we should believe in the entirety of the scriptures. What do you mean? We should believe in spiritual gifts. I I figure we're Pentecostal. We really like that part. We believe in spiritual gifts. Here's the better part. We should produce spiritual fruit. We not only should produce spiritual fruit, we should believe in divine healing, that healing still happened today. And I want you to know the greatest healing is salvation. We should believe that one day he will return. We should believe the supernatural is natural to God. Therefore, the impossible should be normal to us. To be different is normal for believers. And I don't know about you, but I don't want a natural life. I want a supernatural life. I don't know about you, but I don't want an ordinary life. I want an extraordinary life. Somebody shout, I'm different. So we want you to be comfortable with being abnormal. I want you to be comfortable with being different. Why? Because the difference is not in the experience. The difference is in the outcome. The difference in what we experience is in the outcome. And that truth can be summed up in this statement. What happened with them does not dictate nor determine what will happen to me. What happened in my family does not dictate nor determine 
what will happen with me. What happened in my past does not dictate or determine what will happen in my future. What happens to them does not dictate nor determine what will happen to me because this statement suggests that previous patterns are not adequate indicators of future possibilities. That you cannot look at what happened with someone else. You cannot look at their age in life, their stage in life, their gender, their race, their socioeconomic status, and use what happened with them as a marker and measuring tool to predict what God can make happen for you. This does not in no way suggest that, what we, that we won't experience what others experience. Guys, we experience heartache. We experience disappointment. Some of us, we've experienced the unfortunate sting of divorce. Some of us, we've experienced the unfortunate sting, and we all will at some point, the, the unfortunate experience of death. And some of lives too soon, we've all experienced things. But it does suggest that we can have a different outcome and outlook than others have. What does that mean? I'm using this story to communicate that we may go through some things, but we don't come out the same way. We may go through some stuff, but we don't come out the same way. Why? Because I'm different. That what happens in your life does not inhibit, prohibit, nor limit God's involvement in my life. In fact, for the believer, the impossible is an invitation for a divine interruption. I'm going to say that for you again. The impossible for the believer is an invitation for divine interruption. So anytime you're faced with an impossible situation, that is actually God's invitation to say, I'm on my way. All I need you to do is talk to me. Because what happens with them does not dictate nor determine what happens with you. Somebody say, I'm different. In the verses we read earlier, Caleb is is acknowledged by God for having a different spirit. For those of us who are unfamiliar with this story, just to give you some context, it takes place after Moses sends out the 12 spies from each tribe into the land of Canaan for the people to possess it. And 10 of the spies come back with a bad report. But Caleb and Joshua didn't. And in these verses, Caleb represents what it means to be different, what it means to be exceptional, what it means to be unique. And in this story, I believe Caleb is a representation, a symbol, a metaphor, a foreshadow for you and I to believe that the Almighty will always use the least likely to do the unlikely. He'll always do that. The Bible confirms this because men don't go into lion's dens and come out in one piece. In fact, they don't come out at all. But with Daniel, it was different. Boys don't go into fiery furnaces and then come out and not even smell like smoke. But with the Hebrew boys, it was different. Walls don't fall by people screaming at them, but with Joshua, it was different. And all the married people know walls don't come down by you screaming at them. And it won't be different with us. But with Joshua in that story, it was different. Seas don't part on their own and people not walk in mud but on dry land. But with Moses, it was different. Dead men don't go into a grave, stay there three days, and then on Sunday morning come out. But with Jesus, it was different. And if God did it for Daniel, if he did it for Joshua, if he did it for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if he did it for Moses, if he did it for Sarah with 90-year-old hips and gave her a baby, he can do it with you. Somebody say, I'm different. Number five, what is impossible for you is normal to God. What is impossible for you is normal to God. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus looked straight at them and said, there are some things people cannot do, but God can do anything. He looked at them intently. He said, there's some things you can't do, but God can do anything. God is the God of the abnormal. And just because it hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't be done. Just because it didn't happen for them doesn't mean it cannot happen for you. And I don't need it to happen for anybody else. I just need it to happen for me. Just like the 10 other spies, some of us in the room, 
We look at the wrong things and the wrong people to determine what is possible for God to do in our life. Some of us are looking at other people and we're asking the question, what's normal? What's easy? What has been done before? Some of us think because what we've experienced and God has done some great things in our past, oh, he's going to do it again because he's done it before. You're trying to find who else has done it to determine whether or not it can be done. And I just want to speak over you and tell you, just like we prayed over these students, you have an uncommon anointing. You have a different spirit. God knew you needed to be born in this time, in this year, for such a time as this, for such a reason that we are experiencing. He knew he needed you right now to not only for, not only for me to be in this moment and my, and my wife, Lindsay, to be in this moment to help pastor these students, but for you to be parents in this time because he knew you had a different spirit. Somebody say, I'm different. I don't know if you know this about me. Probably shouldn't tell you this because then I'm telling it myself, but... Uh, I can't stand when people tell me what I can't do. I just can't stand it. It, it. it bothers me. It rubs me wrong. I don't like, it's almost like a challenge. It's almost like, you can't do that. Watch me, you know? <laughs> and I, that's bad. Y'all shouldn't do that, students. Don't ever do that. But that's, it's kind of this, this tick I got. Like, you can't do that. And it's like a switch goes off. And here's why. My mama raised me to be different. So don't tell me what I can't do because you can't do it. Don't tell me that I'll be one of the first people to graduate from college in my family. Don't tell me that God can't restore my family and break generational curses off my life. Don't tell me he can't do it. Why? Because I'm different. Somebody say I'm different. My God is different. And I want to tell you that as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. The God of the impossible wants to do the abnormal in your life. But if we're not careful, we will let doubt creep in and our fate will be just like the Israelites. So you need to write this down because it may be illogical, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. It may be illogical, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. Sometimes what you see can cause you to disbelieve what you've heard. Sometimes, it's, we, as Cameron was reading earlier, sometimes what we see can disbelieve what we heard. God will never leave us nor forsake us. But these gas prices, God, I'm just saying. I can't even afford to go to church. I'm just saying, God. I, just, I definitely ain't going to work Monday. Sometimes what we see will cause us to disbelieve what we heard. I can't believe Disney. I can't believe they struggle with that. can't believe they're wearing that. What's the, what's the political atmosphere? of our? I can't believe. Sometimes we let what we see confuse what we've heard. And the reason you couldn't go into the promised land was because they did, you don't think that you could take the land. That was the Israelites' perspective. They thought what they saw was greater than what they heard. So please hear me. Please hear this. Stop limiting God's power to your perspective. Stop limiting God's power to your perspective. Stop placing limitations on God's power. Because some of us are not victims to small faith. You're victims to small-mindedness. You don't see yourself, you don't see your God, and you don't see your situation through the right lens. Some of us, you need to hear this. Stop limiting God's power to your memory. God was good back in the day, Pastor Will. I saw some amazing things. The songs back in the day, Pastor Will, oh my, straight to the throne room. I, I don't know about you, but this song today and seeing those students live, like, just express it that way, that touched my heart. I felt like I was in heaven. I felt like I was worshiping the king. It was hell to the king. But some of us, God was greater in our past than he is in our present. Here's what I want to ask you. If God is only good in your past, where's your hope for your future? If he's only good in your past, where's your hope for your future? Where's your hope for this generation? 
I'm always skeptical to say this, but here's just a side note because I really feel like it needs to be said. I don't want to become that parent that complains about the next generation as if I didn't raise them. I just, I don't. These kids are late. They're lazy. They're never on time. They're called, elected, selected, appointed. They're peculiar. They're chosen. They're royal. They're different. You don't know what God wants to do through you. You are different because what happens with them does not dictate nor determine what happens with you. And this is called faith. What's faith? Faith is believing and behaving like something is so, even when it's not so, that it might be so because God said so. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again because I got some Bible for it. Faith is believing and behaving like something is so, even when it's not so, that it might be so because God said so. Romans 4.17 says this, the one who calls things into existence that do not exist. The one who calls things into existence that do not exist. Lindsay used to say it to me this way, speak things that aren't as though they were when we were trying to get married. Speak things that aren't as though they were, Will. I know you're not, you're not fully sanctified yet, but speak things that aren't as though they were. I see you in your tux at the altar. <laughs> and this is why Lindsay is a lot like God. I didn't say she is God, a lot like God. This is why our God can speak into nothing and everything appear. She can speak to a part of me that nobody else saw and something else appear. It's called speaking to potential. It's called speaking to purpose. That's what we're doing today. I don't want you to think that this is an insult. This is a compliment because we are not normal. Somebody say, I'm different. It's not normal. That's faith. That's why Jesus told the disciples in Matthew 17, 20, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. That's what faith is. It's not a denial of reality. It's belief for God to change it. It's not a denial of adversity or obstacles. It does not mean you are immune to inconvenience. It's not a dismissal of normal. It's a decision that I will not allow what is normal for others to be normal for me. I will not allow what is normal for others to define me, imprison me, or keep me from being all that I can be. Why? Because I'm different. Faith is believing and behaving like something is so, even when it's not so, that it might be so because God said so. Unfortunately, just because you believe something is possible, that doesn't mean you believe it's possible for you. I know God can do the, the, the unimaginable. I know he can. I just don't know if he can do it for me. I know God can heal my finances. I just don't know if he can do it for me. I know God can heal marriages. I just don't know if he can do it for me. I know God has cured people of cancer. I just don't know if he can do it for me. Here's the issue. Just because it's written in your notes doesn't mean it's written in your heart. And what I want to do is to get this from your screen into your spirit. What I want to do is for you to take these, to take these, these notes. The, every time we have a speaker that comes up, and trust me, they are vetted. Pastor Mark, make sure that anybody that comes on this platform is speaking God's word. But I need you to understand, we want these things that we say to be embedded into your heart. Why? Because that's the thing that's ultimately going to change you. Not us, God's word. Because it doesn't matter how much truth you know if you don't believe God is telling the truth doesn't matter how much Bible you read if you don't believe the Bible's true. Verses 22 and 23 in chapter 14 says, I swear that not one of these Israelites will enter the land I promised to give their ancestors. These people have seen my power in Egypt. They've seen it in the desert, but they will never, they will never see Canaan. They have disobeyed and tested me too many times. 
You know what? We need people who say, I know what normally happens, but I'm not normal. I know what ordinarily happens, but I'm not ordinary. We need people who refuse to be limited by the limitations of others, especially when we have more of a reason to believe than we do to doubt. God has been too good for us to doubt him. And the statement I want you to write down, it's not going to be up on the screen, but if faith moves mountains, doubt creates them. If faith moves mountains, doubt creates them. How can, you, how can you go into the land of blessing if you can't get your mind and your head out of Egypt? How can you go into the promise if you keep looking at it wrong? And what I believe today is I see a church full of Caleb's. I see people with a different spirit. I see a generation with a different spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with hope, filled with love, filled with joy. I see people who are different. Why? Lastly, being different makes the difference. Being different makes the difference. Verse 24, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. There are some places only those with a different spirit can go. There's another level for the special. And because Caleb had a different spirit, it changed his family forever. Forever. See, following God is not a command, it's an invitation. It's not a command. Anytime Jesus was walking by and he said, follow me, and it ended with a period, it wasn't a command, it was an invitation. They still had the ability to choose. It's no different than the rich young ruler. Go and sell everything you have. Come follow me. It wasn't a command, it was an invitation. He walked away very sorrowful because he realized, he thought what he had was greater than what God was going to give him. A lot of times, that, that's just for us. And we want to invite you to follow him. See, the main thing we want to do here at Dothan First is to make heaven normal. The way I say it to our students is we want to make it hard for people to go to hell and impossible not to know Jesus. That's what we want to do. That when they set foot on their campus, when they set foot in the mall, at the gas station, wherever they're going, in their home, they, they make it hard for their families to go to hell and impossible not to know their Jesus. We want to make the miraculous normal. And when God makes you new, it's not a new version of your old self. It's a completely different version. How do I know this? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Somebody say new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. You are different when you give your life to Jesus. You don't just change once. You're constantly changing. But it starts with a choice. So for those of you who can, if you don't mind, if you'll stand up on your feet. Everybody in the room, if you'll stand on your feet, if you can. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. If you're, if you're in the room and you would admit, I'm a lost person who came to church today. Or I'm a church person, I know how to look right, but I haven't been living right. And I, come, I, want, I want Jesus to come into my heart today because I want to be different. If that's you, you're in this place and you know you need to make this decision. God has already been speaking to you, whether on the floor or in the balcony. If that's you, I just want you to simply raise your hand. And I count to three. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Anybody in the room? I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Awesome. You can put your hands down. 
I don't want you to be embarrassed or ashamed by this next part because I've said it all day, but we're family and we're in this thing together and no one's going to judge you, but we're going to pray a prayer together and we need to pray. We need to pray it out loud together because some of our family members may be shy of the decision they just made of them even acknowledging, raising their hand, because here's the reason why we, why we do this. If we believe Jesus is Lord and confess with our mouths, mouths that he, he was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. And we're going to pray that prayer today. We're going to pray Romans 10, 9 and 10. So I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Everybody prays together. Nobody prays alone. Say this. Say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me for my sins. I want to be different. I want to be new. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose for me. So I give you my life because you gave your life. I give you my past. I give you my present. I give you my pain. I give you my future. Now fill me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Can y'all give it up for the people that just made that decision? That's so awesome. The Bible says that when one, when one sinner repents, that the angels in heaven rejoice. We need to celebrate that. And I love this part because miracles already took place today whether you knew about them or not so a miracle took place in somebody's heart but lastly what I want to do is I want to pray those verses I read earlier I'm going to reread them I'm not rewriting the Bible but I'm going to reread these verses to pray a blessing over you why because I don't think your 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 future is the same as the Israelites I think you will go into Canaan I think you will go into blessing. And I think your generations after you will experience that. So if you don't mind, if you'll lift your hands like this, and Pastor Mark's going to pray a blessing after, but I want to pray these verses over you strategically because I believe your life will be changed as a response to God's word. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will forgive us. Your power and your grace has no limits. Father, we have seen your power in bondage. We've seen your power in seasons of wilderness, in dry places, and I'm believing that everybody in this room, we will see it in the land of blessing because your servants have a different spirit, because your servants have the Holy Spirit, and we will follow you wholeheartedly for the rest of our lives. And will you bring us into blessing so the generations after us will be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise like you believe that.